1: If I'm going to be a teacher of the Bible, should I speak about money? Well, you say, I don't like you speaking about money. You have the wrong concept. You'll get the right one if you listen. You see, the New Testament alone speaks more about money than heaven and hell. Five times more is said about money in the Bible than prayer or faith. Five times.
0: Did you know that money is mentioned over 2,000 times in the Bible? Wow! With those numbers, it's safe to say we should pay attention. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that Jesus spoke about money and how to use it more than he did about heaven and hell combined. As we begin this study, it'll be important to start with a fresh perspective as you realize God's given us biblical principles for our finances. Scripture says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Listen in to hear more on this verse and the keys to managing God's resources. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Psalms, chapter 24, verse 1, for part one of our message entitled, Money Matters.
1: Turn to Psalm 24. We'll be back to Proverbs in a moment. I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, to see a principle that is many times in the Bible. You kind of have to play with it and guess what it is as we go through. But let me just give you the illustration. Let's say right in front of this podium this evening is a huge pile of $1,000 bills. Just as huge as can be. And I'm going to give you 15 seconds to get as much of it as you can. But you have to use one of my two tools to do it. Now, you say, Where is that in the Bible? We'll get there. Just hold on. Do you know when we speak about our topic tonight in the book of Proverbs that money matters? I want you to guess how many times the topic of finances money and possessions is found in the Bible 300 700 1200 or 2300 how many you think 2300 is exactly right plus 2300 times the Bible speaks about money finances directly now If I'm going to be a teacher of the Bible, should I speak about money? Well, you say, I don't like you speaking about money. You have the wrong concept. You'll get the right one if you listen. You see, the New Testament alone speaks more about money than heaven and hell. Five times more is said about money in the Bible than prayer or faith. Five times. Jesus gave us 38 parables, 16, almost half, are about finances. Do you think God was trying to tell us something? Money matters. Say it with me. Money matters. You know it matters. I was reading just recently, people were asked what the number one stressor in their life was. The number one stressor was? The thing that caused them more hassle, more stress, more worry, more concern than anything else. Well, it shouldn't surprise us. Jesus knew that. God knew that. So, in His Word, we find out one of the greatest keys to living life it's how to handle our money. Now, money isn't everything life really isn't about money. And yet, let me share this with you. If you get what I'm going to teach tonight and next week, it will incredibly change your life. It has mine. I'm still learning, but I'm still working on it. You see, there's, there's absolutely no accident that God knew that money was part of us, so intimately part of us. So he gives us principles in his word. We're going to go through six of them, only two tonight, four next week. He gives us six principles, how to to handle my money, my finances in the word of God. Now, giving is not God's way, so you can relax, of raising money. When God spoke about it in the Bible, it wasn't about you know trying to build the temple or build a new book or whatever. Giving was about taking my character which, without God, is selfish, greedy. Shall I go on? Give me, give me, give me, give me. That's my nature, without God. So, God tells us in His Word about giving so that I can have His character, because God is a giving God. And when I do that, I will become more like Him. As you listen to this teaching, now, you become more like Him, you become giving, and you become generous. Now, before we get to those six principles there's three basic foundations we need to look at you see one of them in psalm 24 let's read it verse 1 the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it if i hold up this dollar bill tonight as you see it there just came out of my wallet a moment ago. Whose dollar is that? Whose? God's. God's. If I would give it to one of you, and you have it, whose is it? God's. God's. When I forget the money and just look at me, whose am I? Who? Uh, Whose are you? The building that we sit in tonight, Whose is it? God's. The moped you rode? (laughs) The one that costs whatever. Whose is it? God's. See, if you'll get that, if you'll understand that, the rest goes pretty easy as we go through. You see, the earth is the Lord. So here's the first of the three foundations. Number one, God owns everything. Everything. Everything we have really belongs to God. All that we are... And everything we have came initially from God. Everything is a gift from Him. I really, from God's viewpoint, own zero, nothing. It's all given to me as a gift. Say with me, everything I have is a gift from God. Just repeat it. Everything I have is a gift, a gift from God. Everything includes everything, all my resources. Well, let me share with you the four that I want to talk about tonight quickly. Here are four personal things that you have in your life, every single one of us in this room have in our life, that we're to use to benefit others and to expand the kingdom of God. Exactly the same, the four of this, time, a precious non-renewable asset that all of us get every day. That's a gift from God. When my time's up, I'm through. Till then, I have that gift. Second, talent. All of us have some innate talents, inborn talents, things that we can do, we're good at. God gave them to us. Not only in talent, but number 3, spiritual gifts. God not only didn't give us the natural kind of things, but he has given us spiritual gifts. We know that from Romans 12. And then, of course, we have other gifts in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And then we have kind of larger gifts, pastoral gifts and so forth, ministry gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. And last, treasures. It means my wealth, my income-producing abilities. Some of those certainly include time and talent. But my ability, my treasures, my possessions, my things that God has given me. So all of those things that you see up there belong to who? God. Okay. So the second base point, first point was that everything we have is God. Second base point is this we are managers of God's resources. So I'm a steward. It's as if he, He put those in my lap, and I'm to manage on an ongoing basis with commitment those things. So, I'm a manager. Some of you say, well, I've never been a manager in my life. I've just been a normal worker. No, you're a manager. Not of my resources. Not of the person next to you's resources. But your resources. You have resources that you're responsible for. Now, there's three words I want you to remember tonight. I'll remind you at the end. When we speak about God's money, people get really uptight. Especially if you come from a churchy background. You're waiting for the, for the big push. You're waiting for the thermometer to come. You're waiting for the pressure to come. A third offering tonight or whatever. You, you're waiting. You're going to be waiting a long time. But here's three words we need to understand. Number one is privilege. Number two is enjoyment. Number three is accountability. Write those down. Privilege, enjoyment, and accountability. Now remember, we're talking about your finances. We're talking about your Visa card. We're talking about your Christmas presents. We're talking about the car you're thinking about buying. We're talking about the business that you're thinking about going in. We're talking about those of you that are still trying to figure out how you're going to pay this month's rent. That's what we're talking about. It's real world. It's real stuff. Stuff. Now, number one, we get the privilege to manage his resources. I have the privilege to manage his resources. That's a privilege to me. Think about it. Everything I own comes from God. Whatever is needed in my life to accomplish what God wants for me, he'll give me. All I have to do is ask. God never asks me to do anything unless he equips me to do it. So if God calls me to do something, he will provide that for me. So I have the privilege of operating with all of God's resources in every area of life I'm at, wherever it is, doesn't matter, I have that privilege. You know the statement we use lots of times around here you got to get it in your mind. Where God guides, God provides. When we started this fellowship from day one, we had no money. From day one, we just trusted God. We had the privilege of man and his resources. And from that day to this day, we've always had everything we needed to function to do what he had. It was always there. Whether it was people, whether it was time, whether it was finances, whatever, it was always there. We've trusted God. We had that wonderful privilege. I'll share more with about that a little later. Second, God not only gives us the privilege, but gives us the enjoyment. The enjoyment. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it, for giving. Some people think if you talk about giving, you can't, how can you be talking about enjoyment? I mean, I have to give them my stuff. It can't be right. I want to keep my stuff. I don't want to give my stuff. But it's really enjoyment. Other people think this. When you talk about God and you talk about enjoying, they think it can't be. But the Bible says this. Number one, I'm to live my life to the max. That's the way he came to give it to me. You, you know that. You're experiencing it tonight, John 10.10. 10. And another thing is that in First Timothy 6, the Bible says this. God has given us all things to really enjoy. So should we be able to enjoy things? Absolutely. You know, we're not going to go to a little mountain, strip down to a whatever, sit there and eat bugs and rice and hmm. And be holy. If you want to, go for it. I ain't coming with you. <laughs> We're going to enjoy life as God gave it here. Now, we'll give you some balance with that next week. But all the time, with all of those things, still enjoying the stuff that God gives us to manage. I want you to laugh, your best laugh. in this moment, get, get working on it now. I'm going to count to three. The best laugh you have. And to do that, you have to look at somebody else that you don't know while you're getting ready to laugh, right? Come on, come on. Here we go. One, come on, get ready. One, two, three. Come on. Ah Good. That's the best you looked all night. Do you know some of us don't do that enough? God gave us all things to Richly enjoy, ha ha ha, ha 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 ha. That's right. Good. Number three. I had you laugh because this one's coming. We will be held accountable for everything that God has given us to manage. See, the Bible says in Romans fourteen twelve, each of us will give an account of himself to God. So that brings up the basis point number three. The basis point number three is this. A good manager recognizes God's ownership and willingly submits to it. So everything is God's. I'm the manager of God's resources. He wants me to to enjoy those things. He gives me the privilege of using his resources for whatever I need in my life. And lastly, really, that accountability is a positive thing. Because as I'm doing good managing his resources... I'm going to get better gifts eternally. That's what it's about. So one of the things I want you to start thinking about tonight, just early on, early on in our teaching, is this. Because I'm going to ask you a little later. And you can't look to the person left, and you can be a Christian here 50 years like I've been. And one of the questions I asked myself while I went through this teaching so it'd be fresh is, how am I doing? Am I enjoying the privilege? Am I still accountable? Am I doing well? If the ledger's out there, How am I doing? Not if I'm given X percent. How am I doing with the whole money jazz? With the desires for things. How am I doing with it? Does it hamper me? Does it help me? How am I doing with it? So I have to judge myself. That's where you are tonight. Okay? All right. How am I doing? Not if I'm given X percent. How am I doing with the whole money jazz? With the desires for things. How am I doing with it? Does it hamper me? Does it help me? How am I doing with it? So I have to judge myself. That's where you are tonight, okay? All right, let's go to the first uh, principle tonight. Turn with me to Proverbs 28. First one is this. You probably won't like it, but if you're going to have some stuff, God just doesn't give us stuff without this. Number one, you have to work hard. You have to work hard. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 19. He who, circle the third word, what? Works his land will have abundant food. But the one who chases fantasies will have his fill (laughs) of poverty. Verse 20, a faithful man. Well, who is a faithful man? It's one who works hard. A faithful man or woman will be richly blessed but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished the world is filled today with get rich quick kind of schemes i mean it's everywhere in our florida the lottery you go out west in those places where there's gambling what is the purpose of that gambling? It's to offset this principle. What's the purpose for lottery? It's to offset this principle. But God doesn't want this principle offset because realistically, God designed us to work. That was the principle. Listen to this. A few months ago, I don't know what it was. and I just took a night off and we went down to Palm Beach and Got on uh, Yahoo and Priceline or whatever. And got a great place for, as you know me or whatever. And, and I picked up this magazine called the Palm Beach Illustrated. And this was a page I tore out probably seven or eight months ago. I knew eventually in Proverbs I get the money, so I just put it in my folder. And here we are. Listen to this: the Palm Beaches stress test. Here's what somebody actually wrote: I'm a fourth generation member of a well-to-do family. I have a trust fund, of course and I also have a burning desire to be a productive member of society. I've tried everything, investing in real estate, investing in internet startups, minding my own uh, investments, but often I feel just empty. I wonder if my rich great-grandfather ever felt like this. So here's a guy that's got this huge trust, probably more than you and I will ever have with retirement and everything our whole life, and he's investing like crazy. But he feels empty well I thought it was interesting the answer here was the answer we might suggest that instead of merely investing daddy's money you actually try working for a living (laughs) I like it we know it sounds dreadful but there can be a lot of satisfaction in mixing with ordinary people (laughs) who's ordinary here you got me we're all together why is this guy empty you know why he's supposed to be working hard we are designed not to work off of somebody else's money it's nice if you can have it but to work ourselves to be industrious do you know that many people that win the lottery their lives are destroyed for life because they kick that job gone and they go out and, and they've lost it amazing So working hard is part of God's design for us. That's how we begin to get those things that he wants to give us. I was reading some laws of work. you like this. You know, since most of us here work, here's some laws of work that I came across. See, See if these kind of relate to you at work. After any salary raise, you will have less money at the end of the month than you did before. Remember that? Next. When the bosses are talking about improving productivity, they are never talking about themselves. (laughs) Is that true? Careful now. Here's one for you gals that are on the computers all the time. Important letters at work that contain no errors will develop errors in the mail. Uh, You know what happened? I double-checked that thing. There wasn't a thing there. Here's another one. You are always doing something marginal when the boss drops by your desk. Mm-hmm. Here's the last one. This is very true at work. The last person that quit or was fired will be held responsible for everything in the future that goes wrong. <laughs> is that right? Well, the reason there's a problem here is this guy. It was the janitor, but the stock has gone down to nothing. It's the janitor's fault. We were designed to work hard. Most people spend maybe half of their waking hours working god knew it so his word is filled with principles about work now if we don't get this first principle down the rest of the thing about money doesn't matter because it all starts out of a good work ethic in our lives whether it's working at home homeschooling what doesn't matter it's the amount of work and the diligence that you and I put into it. Let me, let me read your verse. You can just write it down tonight. While you're there, turn to Proverbs 10.4. Here's the one I want you to write down. 1 Timothy 5, eight. Let me read it to you. God was serious when he talked about work. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. This principle is not somebody like we have so many of today that has just been laid off. That's the kind of society we live in today. Very shaky. Nothing is secure anymore. That's not what this verse is talking about. It's not talking about this is talking about someone who has been laid off and it might be a year. He's he or she's not out looking for a job. They're just lazy. They're just hanging out. There's no effort on their part.
0: We just heard that a good manager recognizes God's ownership and willingly submits to it. This isn't just limited to our wealth and possessions, but includes our time, talent, and spiritual gifts. Along with the privilege and enjoyment of what God's entrusted you with, He expects you to be accountable for them as well. Remember, if you're going to do life right by being a faithful steward, you'll have to work hard and give generously to God and others. When it comes to God and others, they sacrifice what's left over. The Bible is clear when it comes to when and how much we are to tithe. So where's the disconnect? Scripture says to honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will examine this verse and the problem of being selfish with what's not even yours to begin with. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a herd See you.